Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. We've been in a series talking about romantic relationships, romantic relationships. I realize that we have a lot of single people, a lot of people of single from all different ages. You know, uh, we have a lot of married folk, a lot of married people with young kids. We got some empty nesters. All right. So we got all, all kinds of different relationships. But my goal over this series was to go to the word of God and talk about love according to scripture. Because how many of you know that the world's love is convoluted? The world's love is perverted, to be honest with you. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says. Love, say love. Love, all right, rejoices with the truth. All right, rejoices with the truth. The world don't have that. Why? Because they take wrap up truth to according to what they want, what they think. All right, but watch the scripture. It says this: love rejoices with the truth. All right, love, love, love. So we're talking about love today, and we're in our third installment. It says this: we're going to be talking about marriage, a little bit of parenting. But love when it comes to marriage. How many married folk in here? Come on, raise your hand. All right, raise your hand. Act like how many you love your spouse? You're married and you're in love. All right, or pretend. Raise your hand. Just pretend. All right, make your spouse happy. All right, how many you single here? All right, how many single? You're looking for love. All right, hey you. There's a girl right there. Hey you. There's a guy right there. All right, my brother, my brother-in-law, single, ready to mingle like a Pringle. All right. Uh, uh, how many you empty nesters? How many empty nesters? Uh, yeah, we got one. All right. Mercy. All right. Uh, um, Rosemary. All right. Very good. All right. So good. So I, I love all the love. It's so good. All right. How many of you love your partner so much it just frustrates you? Don't raise your hand. All right. All right. Matthew chapter 19, verse 5 through 6 in the NLT, it says this. And he said, Jesus said this. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother. By the way, that's a whole message in itself. All right, let me just, that's why a man leaves his mother and father. Homeboy, if you have not left your mama and daddy to cleave to your wife, therapy session. All right, that's a whole message in Jesus' name. All right, someone, God bless you. All right, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. Say wife. And the two are united into one. Last week I preached, I'm going to just pat myself on the back. I, we preached a, I preached a great sermon talking about the oneness. Say oneness. Oneness of your marriage. The oneness, the unity of your marriage, all right. The two becoming one, not just one. Actually in the Hebrew it means actually one person. It means one person, all right. Not just in the body, you know, sexually, but also uh, your soul becoming one, united as one person. I love the theology of the Trinity, the Godhead, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all right? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, one God in three persons, all right? One, one. And let me tell you, that's a whole nother theological study. I mean, that is huge right there, all right? That can baffle you, but God is one in three, all right? Since they are no longer two, but one, my message to you today is that you would become two people, two people, all right? Uh, excuse me, not two people. I'm bad pastor. One person, all right? I've I got a, one person that the two shall become one, one, all right? I often think that my love with Kareen, falling in love with her is much like a fish falling in love with a bird. Two worlds 
two different kinds of animals, different, you know. And I think, to be honest with you, the major thing that bonded us and still glues us together. By the way, when you, met, when you cleave to your wife, in Hebrew, cleave means glued, bonded. The only thing that, not say the only thing, the great thing that bonded my wife and I together because our worlds were so, I came from the hood. You know what I'm saying? I came from the West Covina Mall. She came from the Arcadia Mall. Let me just tell you the difference. Arcadia has a Nordstrom's. West Covina has a, uh, what's the other, the, 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 the other one, the other, the discount more, Nordstrom's rack. You know what I'm saying? That's what we got. That's what we got over there, all right? She went to Arcadia High School. Are you kidding me? One of the top high schools in the nation. I went to, I mean, we didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? It just, no, two different worlds. But how do we fall in love? We had, first of all, a respect and honor to God. We love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And we both didn't want anything. As, as, no matter how fine the other person was, if they, if they didn't love Jesus, you was ugly. All right? You was ugly. All right? So to speak. All right? We love Jesus. And that's what brought us together. But watch this. I love what one quote says, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself in my sermon. What one person says this, coming together is the beginning. Coming together in marriage is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. A great marriage is not when the perfect couple comes together like so many of us believe. Like so much of the world Uh, preaches two perfect people come together. It's not true. It is when an um, imperfect couple learns to enjoy their differences. And by the way, you don't have to get a divorce just because you have differences. Let me say that again. You don't have to get a divorce just because you have differences. Amen. Somebody say amen. A great marriage isn't something that just happens. It's something that must be created. So let me finish with the text. It goes on to say, since there are no longer two but one, Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Let no man separate what God has put together. I want you to know that you're you're with your husband, and although he has quirks and antics, and you're with your wife, although she maybe loves to shop, spam, whatever, God put you two together. And the Bible says, let no man separate what he has put together. And I would add, in my version, let no circumstance separate what God has put together. Somebody say Amen. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet as I go to my knees and we pray for the sermon today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this amazing topic of marriage. You have a lot to say in the scripture and Jesus, almighty God, you are an amazing bridegroom. You love the church. You washed her with the cleansing of the water of the word. You restored her. You brought her to yourself. You died and sacrificed yourself. You have agape, eternal love for her, for us. God, there's no no sin that we could ever sin that would outgrace your love. You have unconditional love. And my prayer is that we catch that vibe, that we catch that spirit so that we can look at our wife and our husband in the eyes and say, I love you even though you cause me stress. I love you. I pray that we would understand this love from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and Ephesians 5. I pray, Father, that you would bless the unity of the marriage. I pray that you would bring couples in this church together. In Jesus' name, bless your word today. Holy Spirit, knock down barriers. Talk to husbands, talk to wives, talk to single folk, talk to those who, who are divorced. And we pray, Father, for the divorce, there's still hope. There's love out there for them. If that's what they desire, Lord. And I pray for healing for those who are divorced. And love is possible in Jesus' name. And we pray that even though people are divorced, that they don't have to look behind them. They can still look ahead to your promises before them. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. And everybody said, 
Amen, amen. Give the Lord one more clap as you go to your seat. So good, so good. I'm excited to talk about this, and I'm look, I've been looking forward, and I've been kind of examining my own marriage and my own life. Kareen, Pastor Kareen and I have been together for 14 years, and we've been married going on 11 years. Let me say that again. We've been together for, four, I cannot believe that it's been that long. Can you, father-in-law, believe that that has been that long? 14 years together. By the way, I will never forget my father-in-law's, this is not scripted. I just, I'm looking at, I will never forget what you said to me the very first time I ever met my father-in-law. I remember I went to pick up Pastor Kareen on a date and I was scared. This guy going to be a shotgun. I hear he's Italian. What's he going to do? You know, I don't know. And uh, the very first, I saw he worked for UPS. He had his shorts on, you know, worked 10 hour day, nine, 10 hour day, something like that. And the very first thing he said, he says, you look like a good, you look like a, a, a great couple. And I was like, wow, that's the first thing he said to me. Like, wow, you know, and he said, I, I like that you have the same values, the same principles. You guys believe the same thing. In other words, he was happy to know that her, Kareen and I, were not just looking at each other, but love looks in the same direction, not just in each other. So come on, somebody, all right? Love looks in the same direction, not just at each other, all right? But as I've been... Studying for this sermon, I've been thinking about my relationship with my wife over the years. And I just have to say, my wife truly is the better half. Come on, someone, all right? She truly is. She is so graceful, loving, faithful. And so just, she's just a sweetheart. She, uh, just pray for this guy because I have challenges, all right, in Jesus' name. But I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Karina and I, it's like, it's like one of us was a fish and one of us was a bird. We come from two different worlds, two different backgrounds. And I had to learn as I approached the age of 30 that what got me to age 30 uh, might have worked. But as, as I started to grow mature as a father, as a pastor, those things that got me to age 30, those tricks and those antics are not going to help me to reach age 40. I had to check into therapy, to be honest with you, and talk to someone just because I'll be honest and share with you, a lot of times pastors are helping fight your demons, carrying their load, carrying maybe your load, helping, which is an honor. But at the same time, who do pastors talk to? Someone say amen. We need people to talk to. We need superior other elders in, uh, that have gone the way before us. A lot of the helpers in society, such as policemen as well, they need, they're the helpers. They need someone to talk to, all right? So I, I know that some, there's a, I think it's psychology, it's called a savior complex, all right? But at the same time, it can be very weighty. So uh, we face some challenges, very good times in our marriage, we face some very t bad times in our marriage, to be honest with you. There are times where I would say, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm leaving, I'm going to go to a hotel, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go stay in Laguna Beach for all weekend by myself. I'll, I'll, I'll think of a sermon, whatever, you know, and then I feel, I don't want to spend the money. I'm so, we're so mad and angry at each other, you know, and uh, she, <laughs> one time she had my location on. Just to see where I was. I'll be honest with you, right? And she saw that I was at Bolsa Chica Beach, which was not Laguna Beach. She's like, why did you go to such an ugly beach? And I was like, I don't want to spend the money, all right? I had to just, I, and I can't tell you how many times I've, I've just driven and just drove, how many, just drove just to get my head clear. Somebody say amen, all right? 
Marriage is not easy. It is work. But let me tell you, let no man, let no circumstance separate what God has put together. And let me tell you, once you have kids, things get elevated to a new level, baby. You know what I'm saying, all right? Because now the kids are there. You don't want to fight in front of them. You don't want to say anything. So it gets elevated. I want to speak to you today on the subject, keeping your marriage fresh, all right? Say fresh, all right? Keeping your marriage fresh. Keeping your marriage fresh. I had a, uh, in 2022, no, 2021 was one of the difficult, one of the most difficult times in, in marriage and ministry for me. During the pandemic, Karina and I, we, we went to save the world. We went to, uh, most people, as I heard and looked, did home improvements and stayed home and it was, seemed to be nice, but for us, we were figuring how to keep our church afloat and how to go online. We started a whole new production ministry. And come 2021, I was tired, very burnt out uh, on church, very burnt out on, on marriage, so to speak, and trying to be emotionally present and how to do all that. And so how do you be, I think that's the question, how do you be a great spouse? How can you be a wonderful husband or wife when there's so much going on in your world? Can I get an amen? There's so much going on. You're paying taxes. You're keeping your mental health in order. You're, you're, you're being a good worker. You're trying to earn a living. You're trying to keep your family afloat. You're trying to keep the kids you know, good, trying to provide for them. So how do you be a good spouse when you got your whole, when your whole world is so busy? You know what I'm talking about? All right. And not, not only just a spouse, but even with God, sometimes we get too busy for God. All right. So I want to encourage you this morning that marriage can work despite what you're going through in your world, your mental health, your work. It can work. Let no man, let no circumstance separate what God has joined together. Let me get back to what I was saying. So in 2021, what I had to do, and I'm so proud of myself, is I went to go see one of you know, my spiritual director. And he asked me a series of questions. He says, why are you here? <laughs> why are you here? It's a great question. He said, are you cheating on your wife? No. Are you, are you mishandling church finances? No. Um, you know, are you, are you having an emotional affair? No. Why are you here? <laughs> I'm here because I, I, I feel a ton of pressure on my, in my heart and in my life. And I need someone to, to share this with to get this off of my shoulders. Because it makes I don't want to cry. Excuse me. I had the most horrible upbringing in my life. I seemed broken. My parents were never married. My dad was a gang member. My parents would treat each other crazy. You know what I'm saying? My mom was crazy too. My, my dad would go after her, but then she'd go after my dad. Like, well, homie, you don't know. You know, I'll chola out. You know what I'm saying? She, it was crazy. I grew up in an environment. And so I went to go talk to my spiritual director because, watch this, I wanted to prevent my life and my marriage and my ministry from being a complete disaster. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's important to know what you feel and how you feel and to get the help that you need. Everybody needs help. Even Superman. Somebody say amen, all right? Even Jesus needs help. That's a whole message right there. That's true. Pastor Michael's preaching the Bible. You know when Jesus carried the cross, he couldn't carry it the whole way. Remember the, one, remember the Romans? They go, Shh, hey, I think his name was si Simon. Simon, who's, I don't want to carry, get a, you help Jesus carry his cross. 
What? <laughs> so this man helped Jesus carry Jesus' cross to fulfill his purpose. Everybody needs help. And if you're facing an issue today in your mental health, and your, or let's specifically speak on marriage, you need to ask for help. Don't let the devil bully you and shame you because you need help in your marriage. Every marriage goes through heat and success and mountaintops and valleys. Everybody could use encouragement and help. So I pray that this message would help you. And so as I've joined uh, the therapy, I've actually included my wife in that therapy as well over the years. And it's really helped us. And just for myself, what, what's really helped is I have, I didn't realize for so many years I had to survive in my life and, and I had to, I, you know, do certain things, so to speak, have certain, you know, the way I carried myself, the, you know, the, the, the strength that I had to, to survive. Uh, my, my, my spiritual director helped me put the swords down, put the shields down. That's not going to help you grow into the person. That might have helped you to this point, but it's not going to help you to the next point. I'm here to share something with you right now. Maybe you've been married for 10 years. Maybe you've been married for 5 years, 10 years. You have kids now. Maybe you've been married for 15 years. Maybe you've been married for 20 or 25 years. Let me tell you, it's time to freshen up your game in Jesus' name. Because what got you to this point may not work uh, to get you to the next point, all right? And God wants to give you tools and equip you so that you have a healthy, whole marriage and family. Somebody say amen. You out there today. So here's my first point, all right, to help you freshen up your marriage. Watch this. Do not allow your daily grind to create a gap in your marriage. Let me say that again. Do not allow your daily grind. Say grind. We know we're grinding. I, I, most, of, most people, most marriages, you're working. It's very seldom in this place area of the United States, of Los Angeles, most marriage, there has to be a dual income family. There's dual in, many dual income families. Why? Because you got to survive and make it to provide for your family. But watch this. We have some time, a lot of marriages are notorious, especially my age range, 30s, 40s, all right, 20, late 20s, maybe the early 40s. You're grinding so much in your marriage. You're providing, you're working, you're parenting, you're paying taxes, you're saving for retirement, you're keeping your health in check. That that, that, that grind creates a gap in your marriage. It creates a gap in your marriage, all right? And you're just like two ships passing along each other rather than looking at each other and being uh, uh, there for an, each other. According to one book called Safe Haven Marriage, which was written by psychologists, uh, the number one thing about, the, uh, they gave a statistic about the number one reason how divorce happens and they say this, that it's not fighting. Fighting is not the number one predictor of divorce. It's not money. Watch this. Here's the number one reason people divorce. And I think it's gonna, this, is, this information will help you. Their number one issue for divorce to happen is, watch this, emotional detachments. Emotional detachment. What that means is that a lot of times in the grind, you are so busy and responsible for things in your life that you no longer are looking toward each other. You're looking, uh, you're looking away from each other, and you are, you are disconnected. In fact, next week, Pastor Kelly Dupay wrote a whole book on this. You ought to come and invite a friend with you. It's going to be amazing stuff, all right? So emotional detachment. Say emotional detachment. Here's, that's, not too, that's not scripture. Emotional detachment is not, is not scripture. It means that the scripture says that the two become one. One flesh, one person. 
they, that the souls are united. That does not sound emo, emotional attached. So here's some things that I think will help you. And, and let me just say this, by the way. Unin, watch this. Unintentionality. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to say it. Unintentionality will destroy your relationship. In other words, if you do not try, your marriage is not going to go anywhere. Somebody say amen. You're out there. Marriages don't float to success. All of a sudden, you don't wake up and this is the most amazing husband or wife. That does not happen. You cannot get the marriage of your dreams through being unintentional, inconsiderate, or idle. Let me say it again. You cannot get the marriage of your dreams through being unintentional. But watch this. Daily changes, daily habits, new verbiage in your communication. That's right. Use new words to emotionally attach. Think about a ship that just adjusts. See, watch this. A lot of times we feel a burden. You know, I know I got to change and I don't want to change. And I know I got, uh, it's such a heavy burden. But watch this. If you just make small changes over a long period of time, your marriage is going to go in the right direction. All right. If you just make small changes over uh, uh, daily changes, daily habits over a long period of time. Think about an airplane that sh- just shifts its degree, two degrees. All of a sudden, it's going to go in a better uh, the way it's supposed to go. All right. It doesn't need to have this huge turn. Sometimes we get so loaded down and burdened. But watch this. If we just make small changes. All right. And watch this. God wants you to emotionally connect with your spouse. So how do you emotionally connect with your spouse? And I know that for a lot of men, we're not very emotional. We don't know how we feel a lot of times, all right? Don't ask me how I feel. I don't know, all right? I haven't taken the time, all right? But watch this. We need to be emotionally, have an emotional connection. But here's some simple things that you can do each day. Say each day to connect with your spouse in the morning before you ask them to do something. How are you? How are you feeling? I, I, I practiced this this week and I, I, I shared and it, it, I, I got some points from my wife. I, I shared with my wife, honey, I, I know you've been so busy today and, and you had a lot going on. You did laundry, you, 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 know, you, you fed the kids and, and you made dinner. You didn't buy dinner, you made I just want to let you know I'm so grateful for this dinner despite your long busy day. I know it's kissing up, but hey, it worked. Come on, somebody. It worked. It worked. She says, I'm, you know what she said? I'm grateful that you saw, you see, you see what I, see a lot of, that's why you, there's disconnection because your wife's like, do you see what I'm doing? Do you see what I'm doing? Do you see how hard, you, it's a full-time job taking care of these kids, right? Do you see, and not, not just the wife, but also the husband. Do you see how hard I work? Do you see how hard I, it, 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 how much time I put into making sure you got Disneyland pass? You know what I'm saying? And you look good, the kids look good, all right? Take a lot of work, all right? And it's inflation, so it's extra work. All right? So how was your day? Honey, I just want you to know I see you. Honey, I just want you to know that I'm thankful for you today. You did a great job. One of my wife's love languages is, and I've had to learn this over the time, is, is see, watch this. You need to love your wife. You need to love your spouse in the way that they need loving. Stop criticizing them. Ooh, come on, someone. Stop criticizing your spouse. Let me tell you, here's a great example, and we should know this from Scripture. Jesus doesn't criticize you. Jesus constructs you. Jesus doesn't criticize you. Man, I saw what you did last night. You bummed. You know, why did I even save you? He don't do that. You know, you might be like, oh, you know. But watch this. God constructs you. You know, I don't think that was the best thing to do. 
Maybe you should go back and say, I'm sorry. You know, God could, don't stop criticizing your spouse. Instead, construct them with your words. Somebody say amen. I never knew this when I grew up. I never knew you, how to use my word. I can, I can, I can talk, a, I, could, I can mess up a homie with my words. Let me tell you. I have a gift of preaching, but I can cur- it's a curse if I use it the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? All right. I grew up in the hood. You know, I can I cuss you out and tell you, about, I can talk about your mama. All right. Make it real mad. Make it real mad. And I played baseball too. So on top of that, and I liked alcohol. So oh, it was bad. All right. And when I got married, I, Bro, you can't be talking like that no more, all right? You can destroy what God has put together. So instead of criticize, construct. Instead of react, be proactive. And if you know, you, you see, one of the things in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, how many like this message, by the way? Isn't it helpful? All right, it's helpful, all right? First, first, amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, one of the things that love does, it, it doesn't do, all right, is love, watch this, and this is mine. This is mine. Love is slow to anger. Ooh, Jesus. Love is slow to anger. In other words, if you love, true love doesn't react. Doesn't really, I'm going to hit them with my words right now, right? I, I know it. And watch this. Before it gets to your mouth, it's in your heart. Ooh, Jesus. It's in your heart. So maybe you need a heart check. If things are in your heart, all right, you need to clear what's in your mind and your heart and, you know, repent of that. Because let me tell you, if it's in your heart, watch out. What's in the bucket is in the, from the well. Let me, let me say that. What's in the bucket is from the well, all right. What comes out of the mouth is what's inside of your heart, all right. So we really have a heart problem. I'll, there's a whole series I preached on it years ago talking about li, uh, slips from our lips, all right. So instead of cursing and criticizing and contaminating your marriage with your words, words how about construct and in fact if something happens and irks you we, you want to react maybe walk away take a walk around the neighborhood think about how you could say that in a better way to be constructive and not just destructive you know what I'm saying all right anyone out there today all right but watch this we have to be intentional so emotionally collect, to emotionally connect use your words the right way use your words to check in with your check in with your spouse how about this acknowledge them tell them that you care show compassion all right don't allow the grind to keep gaps in your marriage let me say this as well I hear couples say this all the time, all the time. I don't have time to go on a date. I don't have time to do that. Let me tell you something, Boothang. If you love your spouse and you care about them and you want to have a complete and a whole family, a healthy marriage, you better make, the, make, your time, make time for your spouse in Jesus' name. You need to start cutting things out of your schedule, all right? You cannot afford to not go on a date with your spouse. You have to leave your kids. I remember, and this was so hard for Karina and I. This was so hard. The very first two, three weeks we had hope. My daughter, my precious little cherub of angel who's almost complete perfection. I mean, heaven came down. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want no one to touch my, my daughter. No, nobody's bad breath. Don't even give my, don't give my daughter a side eye. I will cut you. All right? But our anniversary was coming up, and I didn't want to leave my daughter with nobody. 
But I knew that I knew that I knew this was my anniversary. This is my wife. This is, this is, you know, this is important to me. And let me tell you, being married for me is a miracle in the name of Jesus. I should not be married. I should not be whole. I should not be healed. I should not be where I am today. But if it wasn't for the love and mercy and grace of Jesus, I could not be standing before you today and be happily married to my wife. All right, so I knew that we had to go on a date night. All right, we had, um, I, I forget the, the name of it right here, Golden Deli. I mean, you got to go there. It's amazing, Golden Deli, all right? Pho, pho is amazing, all right? And, and uh, that was a whole marriage thing, by the way, because I'm not creative with food. I just like tortillas, beans, and rice. Tortillas, beans, and rice, you know, some pasta. But she said, one day, let's be creative. Let's go get pho. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm getting angry. I don't want to do all that. And I love the thing now. Now that I listen, to, I, let's do it, man. I love that. I love it, all right? But what I did is I left my daughter with my mother and father-in-law. And I'm like, is your breath okay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I just wanted to make sure that my, that's my girl. This is my dream, all right? We had to take a date night. Let me tell you, we know it in our marriage because my wife and I are just not spouses. Now, here's where it gets tricky. We're also coworkers. Help me, Lord Jesus. And help me, Lord. We're coworkers. And we may soon try not to be coworkers anymore, all right? Uh, 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 but what we needed to take that time. Let me tell you, you cannot afford not to go on a date night. You have to take the time. It's like, you know, wishing your marriage would be so, wishing you had the marriage of your dreams. It's like wishing you just had the most beautiful garden. Just wishing you had roses and, and, and lilies and sunflower and just, just like no work, but it just got there. Like, how did that get there? I mean, like, wow, that will never happen. So what you have to do is be intentional with your marriage. You got to pull the weeds. You got to get down on your knees and, you know, break the soil. You got to get down there and you got to be intentional with your Marriage, so that it can be the marriage of your dreams. Be connected, be present, take time. Watch this. When you talk to your spouse, how about if you just say, uh, 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 when you say, How are you? Don't think of something to say, just listen. And don't have anything to say sometimes. Just completely listen, all right? Recently, my car has uh, some, because I get so busy and I work, I work over 50 hours a week. I help a lot of people. I, my phone sometimes doesn't stop ringing. I, I, I do a lot, all right? And sometimes I get so busy that I forget to put oil in my car. And what will happen is that the car will ping and it'll say, give me oil, all right? Uh, it'll alert me. I wonder what things right now, if you pay attention in your marriage, what is alerting you. Maybe there's a lot of an alignment. Maybe there's arguments. Maybe there's uncomfortableness. Maybe your marriage you feel is not safe. The other person is not safe. What is pinging in your relationship? And those are the signs that you need to get down in that garden and start digging and start getting a little dirty to make it the, the marriage of your dreams. Here's one that I think is important. You're not your spouse's roommate. Come on, someone. You're not your spouse's roommate. I think the daily grind can make you feel like your spouse is your roommate. All right, but you're not cohabitors. You're a couple, all right? That you're intricately woven together and committed to each other. Your marriage, all right, was not meant to coast. All right, your marriage was meant to climb. So here my first point is do not allow the grind. 
Do not allow the grind to create a gap in your marriage. Do not allow the daily stuff that you have to do, the daily tasks, the daily responsibility, create a gap, a distance, a disconnect in your marriage. Every day you ought to connect. How about put the kids down to bed on time? That's one, that's one I'll be honest with you, I struggle with. We both struggle with. Pastor Karina and I sometimes hope up. She, um, <laughs> she should be up. She's, she's up at hours. She should not be up, all right? But watch this. But if we put our, when we notice, when we put our daughter down, our kids down, at a certain time, 8 p.m., we have time for each other. So that's some practice that would help us have the ability to emotionally connect. How about let's connect again with our spouse. Be emotionally present. Show them you care. Here's number two, to freshen up your marriage. How about this? Better your, when you better yourself, say better yourself. Better yourself, better your marriage. Better yourself, better your marriage. One of the things I love to do is grow. I'm a leader of the church. I'm a leader in my, my marriage, in my household. I'm a family man. And watch this. The day you stop growing, that everyone else will stop growing around you. Your kids, your spouse, your church, your teams, whatever your work. All right. When you grow, everyone else grows around you. So what podcasts, what books are you listening to? What podcasts are you listening to? What what are you feeding your soul? Watch this. And it's important not just to be around people that need you, all right? It's, not, it's, it's important to not just be around people who need you, but people who feed you. People who feed you, who grow you, who inspire you. This week I have another spiritual director that I meet with, and one of the things that he's going to talk to me about, and I'm just being honest with you, is family balance of family and church or work life, how that's going, all right? Being accountable, and I think that's so important. So if you don't grow, your family doesn't grow, all right? You grow, watch this, when you learn your weaknesses. You learn about how you're wired, all right? I had to learn. So you grow when you learn about your insecurities, about how you're wired, about why you react to things. You grow when you heal from your past, when you undo bad habits, all right? You, grow, this, you do this when you, you grow, when you do these things. And watch this, when you grow, your spouse grows. And watch this. You are not responsible, so to speak, for that person's growth. You can only be responsible for your growth. And chances are when you grow, your marriage will grow. In fact, I believe as, as you pursue Christ as an independent person in your marriage, as you pursue Christ, as you live for him, as you trust him, as you read your word, as you spend meditation time with God, let me tell you, you can, most important, you cannot afford not to have time with Christ because Christ in your life makes everything better in your life, including your marriage. If you make more time for Jesus, I promise you that your marriage will be healthier. It'll be, uh, it'll be in a better place. I love what Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. By the way, I've never heard someone say this. You know, I spent a lot of time with Jesus, but now, you know, uh, I think, here's what I'm trying to say. When you spend more time with Christ, Christ is going to talk to you about your spouse and how to love them the way that they need to be loved, all right? So Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Ooh, I got to hurry up because the time is getting late, all right? Galatians chapter 5. Now watch this. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Say the Spirit, and when you, and when you, uh, Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I cannot tell you how many times that when I pray to Jesus and I spend time with Christ, how many times Jesus has told me, "Why you talk to her that way? Why did you do that?" 
And I'm like, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm tired to talk to you. And God's like, no, you better, you better go back. If I love you and have mercy and grace for you, why are you not doing that for her? Why are you not doing that for them, all right? Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I mean, watch, pick one. Peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. In other words, watch this. When you spend time with Christ, when you spend time in meditation and in his word, these fruits start happening just automatically coming out in your life. You have more patience. You have more joy. You have more kindness. One thing I was studying in 1 Corinthians 13 was love is kind. Say kind. Are you kind to your spouse? I'll be honest with you. There are times where I have not been kind. I've been rude. I've been rude like the streets of Pomona. You know what I'm saying? Be kind. You know what kindness means? It means being tactful. Kindness is being, watch this, being gentle, like you're holding a hot potato. Be gentle. Are you gentle with them? I've had to learn gentleness. You know why? Because my whole life has not been gentle. I've experienced trauma. i experienced bad things. And I've had to learn gentleness from a compassionate, caring, gentle, kind Jesus. And watch this. When you start, like they say, show me your friends and I'll show you where you're going. When you start to hang around Jesus, you're going to be like Jesus. When you start making time for him, we start talking to him, you're going to be like him. And all of a sudden, you're going to start talking like that to your spouse. And you're going to see your marriage take off. Here's another point. Pursue your partner. To keep your marriage fresh, pursue your partner. Look what Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 through 5 says. And this is Jesus. This is what Jesus says to the church of Ephesus. And I think there's a point that we can take away from here. Jesus says this to the church. He says, you're going through the motions. But look, watch, yet I have this against you. You've forsaken the love you had at first. Who is he talking about? He's telling the church of Ephesus, you forsake, you've forgotten and forsaken the love that you've had for me, Jesus. How can the church do that to Jesus? Let me tell you, the church can't do that. You've forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent. Say repent. Repent means turn back. Come back. Do the things, watch this, you did at first. I love that Jesus says this to the church. He said, you're just doing, you're just serving, you're doing these things, but you're going through the motions and you forgot your first love. You forgot why, why you love me. And this is what he says, practical point. Do what you did at first. Do you remember when you fell in love with your wife? Do you remember when you fell in love with your husband? You couldn't get off the phone with them. You couldn't stop texting them. You couldn't even stop looking at them. Now you don't want to look at them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all right. You couldn't stop looking at them. All right. But here's some ways you know you've gotten comfortable in your marriage. You know you've gotten comfortable in your marriage when you don't buy your spouse a birthday gift anymore. Bad, all right? You don't go, I know I'm getting someone's business right now. It's okay, all right? You don't go to sleep at the same time. That's another way to, uh, to, to freshen up your marriage. And I, I, know, I know this might sound rated R, but also sex is intimacy with your spouse. And all, honestly, that happens when the marriage is a safe place and it's important. Sex is important in the Bible. Let me say it again. I know we get all goosebumps in church. Sex is important in the Bible. It's actually considered worship in the Bible. All right. So worship with your spouse in Jesus' name. Someone say hallelujah, amen. We worship it tonight. Let's go. I'm ready. All right, we'll leave that right there. All right. Go to bed at the same time. Talk to each other. How about this? Something that I do with my family every night. And I love this. I didn't, 
I didn't, my wife brought this into our marriage because it's something she does with her family, has done always with her family. Every night, no matter what our busy schedules have been, we come together as a unit and as a family with my daughter and my son, and we pray together every night. We say, thank you, Lord, for our blessings. Thank you for your love on this family. And let me tell you, when you start constructing a healthy marriage, your family is going to have a wonderful example and foundation to stand on in the name of Jesus. You're setting an example for your daughter and your children that one day they will do the same things and have successful marriages as well. All right. But here's some ways. How do you know you're comfortable in your marriage? All right. You're constantly crossing boundaries. You're not using the words the right, your, the right way. They're not constructive. They're destructive. How about this? You're not showing appreciation to each other anymore. How about this? You sit on the toilet and they watch you. Don't do that no more, all right? Give them some space, all right? I will never do that, all right? No way, all right? Watch this. Pursue your partner. Go, go get a gym pass. Go look good. Go look good for them. Put some cologne on. Think about a gift that you can buy them. Think about the love that they need from you to feel adored and cared for. Love them the way that they need to be loved. Look what Jesus says. Do what you did at first. Isn't that true? And just like anything in life, you get used to it. You get comfortable. And then just you're coasting. But watch this. Don't coast in your marriage. Fall in love all over again. Let it have a whole new meaning with kids and family. Let your children see this. Do things, all right? Leave them notes. Tell them, I see you. Can I help you? Some of the things I love to do, in fact, with my, fa- my wife, and I think she loves it. My, my father never did. Let me tell you, I love changing my kids' diapers. I love brushing my daughter's hair. I love helping out with my kids because I want my kids to know that I love them. But also I want my spouse to know that I support her and what she is doing as well in raising our kids together, all right? So pursue, pursue, pursue your partner. Do what you did at first. Go on a date. Look at her the way you looked at her the first date, all right? And let go of the baggage, all right? Love covers a multitude of sins. Here's my last point. Allow space to freshen your marriage. Allow space for grace. Allow space for grace. Grace, give them, give them, you know, grace is is an account, all right? It's an account that's not empty but full of compassion and love, all right? Give them grace. Watch this. Is it okay? Sometimes my wife has said this over the years, and and this is how I felt. Oh, my God, I can share a story. Sometimes I have felt and she has felt like everything we do is always wrong. Have you ever felt like that in your marriage? Everything you do, you try, it's wrong. It's the wrong way. I'll give you an example, and I know I might be telling on her a little bit, all right? But one of my frustrations in my marriage, (laughs) so to speak, is sometimes I can't find anything in my own house. And that is super frustrating because the way I grew up, my shoes were lined up. My clothes were lined up. I knew where things were. I grew up poor. I didn't have much. So what I had, I took care of, all right? One day, I tried to make her eggs to make her very happy, all right? Because she makes eggs for us every day, our whole family. So one day, uh, I couldn't find a spatula to make her the eggs. So here the eggs are cooking, all right, and I can't find a thing. So what do I do? I go get my big old barbecue spatula, like this big, all right. And I start, you know, I, I had a smile on my face, and I start flipping the egg, and she, she got, she was a horror. What are you doing? You know, you scratching up my pan. I can't do nothing right in this house. You know what I'm saying? I tried. 
all right? So we talked about it in marriage counseling. You know what I'm saying, all right? Space for grace. I messed up, and this is what I did. I went and bought her a new pan, Italian-made pan. Come on, someone, all right? Hey, allow each other space for grace. Can they mess up? No. Why? Yes, they can. And you know what? When they mess up, I love you still. I care about you still. I'll never forget one of the arguments that Kareen and I had when we were engaged, ready to be married. We were here at Arcadia Denny's, all great old Denny's with our Wi-Fi at the time, planning our marriage. On the way home, we got in a heated debate, an angry altercation. We were so mad at each other. And I remember she said something to me. She said, I'm not sure I want to marry you anymore. I said, what? I felt like a dagger in my heart, like, what? All right, whoa. I pulled over to the side of the street and I said, you know what? I'm sorry for how I responded. And it's something I do need to work on. But I'll promise you this. You'll find another guy one day. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to fight with that guy too. All right. And you're going to fight with that guy. And if you drop that guy, you're going to fight with that guy. But this is one thing I'll promise you. Every time we fight, I promise to be sorry. And I'll always be here to love you. And I'll promise you that I'll be the husband that you desire uh, for me to be for you. And she was scared. And you know what, that, she, she had every right to be. We had, you know, I, it was a little bit of an explosion, to be honest. And over the years, I've had to work on it. But watch this, no marriage floats to success, all right? No marriage. We are married today and in love, and we love our, and that's the other thing, we love our church. We're doing this together. And I believe God put us together, not just for each other, but for y'all too, in Jesus' name, for a greater purpose. But watch this, marriage does not float to success. Have every head out, it takes work. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment. Father, in fact, let me just ask this. I want to pray for you. Be bold. No one's watching you. If you need prayer for your marriage, just raise your hand. No one's watching you online. Just say, I need prayer for my marriage. Just write it on the chat. If you need prayer for your marriage, just raise your hand. I just want to see you. I see hands up. That is so wonderful. Amen. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the spouses in this house. I pray for the marriages in this house. I pray that you bring unity to the marriage. I pray that you bring forgiveness. I pray that, uh, that you would bring grace in the marriage, Lord. I pray you bring restoration, peace, and harmony, Lord. I pray that you would turn hearts to each other. Let them let go of the laundry list of issues and pain from the past. I pray, God, that you would be the bond between the husband and wife in these relationships. And, Father, I pray for understanding. I pray for compassion. I pray, God, that you would make these marriages work, Lord Jesus. And, Father, I pray for us to have the courage not to be destructive to the other spouse, but to be constructive, to use our words wisely and to love because love covers a multitude of sins. I pray that if we need help, that we would ask the pastors of the church, ask him and be part of the life groups that are part of this church be, to, be, uh, to receive healing that, that, they, uh, that they can have in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that for the women and men who are standing on you for their marriage, that it will succeed, it will grow, it will transform. God, why? Because you answer prayer, and Father, you brought these two together in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, 
We love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit the callingla.com slash give.